0: Thomas Parry, do-do-do-do-do-do, tell me about games, do 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 I hope you've played some, because I really ain't, please tell me about some games, Thomas Parry, tell me about games.
1: That was that was better than last time, Matt.
0: It was, it's almost <laughs> as if we recorded it twice and I had <laughs> time to figure out what I was going to say. How many
1: times have we started a podcast <laughs> saying that, oh <laughs> this is the second time we've tried it, or third, or fourth? <laughs>
0: Maybe once or twice. It's Tom Matt Attack.
1: bit out yeah. of practice, aren't we, Matt?
0: We are. We're rusty. But um, I thought your
1: singing was great.
0: Thank you. I try. And I'm um, going to try
1: I... and tell you about games, but I think it's going to be more of a case of you telling me about games uh, this time around. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay. Well, um, I have played maybe an hour and a half's worth of games since we last podcasted. Um And yes, surprise, surprise, listening on When did we last podcast? It was about end of November, um, (laughs) and I'd played a lot of games, and I talked about them in detail, and we were both like, yes, yes, Yakuza, yes, yes. Oh, yes, Um, that one's not been been released, has it, Matt? It has not, no. Not at the time of recording
1: this, but it's going to come before this.
0: It'll be in the feed at the same time. Oh, the same time. Oh, two things. Yeah, so you'll get us.
1: So you get you one guess. content-filled podcast, and you get another podcast, which is a little lighter on content, which is this one.
0: Yeah, pretty much, um, is how I imagine it. So if you want to hear us talk about a Persona 5 tactics, um, I also played uh, a little, I finished uh, Yakuza, um, or uh, like a dragon, the, the man who raised his name. name um and i also beat someone else i did like a a massive like wadge of games that came out at that time mm. um it's all good uh, i'm sure we talked about sonic i'm sure Shenmue was mentioned if you oh. want to listen to us really talk about games go there okay um, yeah
1: i'm just i think it's more of a case of you know say i'm not played anything. it's just sort of remembering you know what i have played i tell you what is interesting that i can talk about um it's moving a games collection because uh <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's that could be kind of interesting for listeners who are, are probably in one place and they, they might be collecting games and amassing a collection and not really thinking about when they have to move. My advice would be be very selective.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, I knew this and I told you this because I did the same thing and then amassed more games here. And like, I, I very much think, and I, I've had this conversation a lot of times, like, oh, I should slim down my collection. If I were to move again, I would probably sell at least 40% of what I have. It's
1: not fun moving a lot of games. Also, it's not just games. It's accessories and consoles. And I moved a broken Xbox for some reason. I don't know why. Um,
0: <laughs> what if you need it one day, Tom? What if I <laughs> need A nice paperweight.
1: I mean, so basically, for li- uh, newer listeners, you you probably don't know. But I, I used to live in Denmark. That's where I met Matt. And that's where we started this podcast. And, uh, you know, I collected while I was in Denmark. I also brought over a few things from where I was living with my parents prior to moving to Denmark. And then, uh, so I amassed all that. And then I moved all that out back to my parents again. (laughs) And then I moved to London. And then I amassed more stuff in London. And, you know, not really considering what I'd left at my parents. And I moved everything from from London uh, up north. And then I had to think about my what was at my parents. And you know this well, because you've still got stuff yep. at your parents. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> from years and years ago. But uh, yeah, then I have to move all this. And so I just got everything from London kind of nice. And that was, you know, that was difficult. And it's not just games. It's toys. That's another thing. I've realized that I have a lot more toys than I thought I had.
0: Yeah, I, I had that. Yeah. I had that realization when we moved to this house, and this is why I, I've kind of stopped buying yeah. them unless, unless I see a G one transformer in a charity yeah. shop. If I yeah. see if I see a Grimlock in a charity shop and it's like fifty kroner, I'm like, oh, you're coming with me. And the but thing is, I won't.
1: say with toys, you tend to I tend to keep the boxes, <laughs> so I have an I attic full of, of em, em, empty boxes currently. Yeah. Um, so that's also a complication. You think like, oh yeah, but if you sell them, you know. I think you've got to really think about it what you want to keep what you want to sell and and uh, if you do want to keep it and you don't need the box but then oh what when you move again it might be easier to transport it if it's in a box you know so there's all no, these things just, just wrap it up in bubble wrap or wrap it up in bubble wrap which is you know yeah. majority of my stuff is probably still wrapped up in bubble wrap um <laughs> but Ironically, yeah and also it, the it, boxes <laughs> what's that
0: I said ironically also the boxes yeah yeah
1: it's uh, yeah it's a challenge and uh, but I'll get there I know eventually and I will be selling some stuff uh, I would imagine I think it's the hardest stuff that it, to store is the accessories I think uh, games as long as you have enough shelves <laughs> enough space for shelves you can yeah. store games accessories are weird shapes and sizes and yeah, yeah. That, that, that's something I've got. To, I mean, House of the Dead uh, overkill light guns, you know, uh, or, or just light guns in general. You know, you just want to uh, put them in a bucket, you know, or something.
0: I mean, to be fair to you, though, at least, like, you may be able to reap the benefits of being the only person that was just like, I'm going to get every one of every rock gu- uh, rock band guitar because those plastic instruments are worth quite a bit of money. Are now. they
1: now? Because people want to play them they don't make newer ones. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. I do have a lot of that. I have the Gene Simmons... Um, Guitar Hero, guitar.
0: Uh, you bet your ass. You have the Gene Simmons <laughs> Guitar Hero unlicensed guitar. I mean, I
1: think it's licensed.
0: I mean, by Gene Simmons, yeah, probably. Oh, not, not kids, like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so 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 I've been busying myself a lot lately with just sorting out because we moved just before Christmas. So. Uh, yeah, that's been keeping me very busy sorting everything out. And I say I just got to a stage where it was sorted out when I brought over all my stuff from my parents, which you know they were very glad because that's been in there for over a decade. Years. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, so um, you know, for, for, for my for my mum to have a, a room emptied um, and given some space back because she's a little bit like me. She has a lot of stuff. She collects a lot of stuff. So yeah. um, she was very thankful for the space, and I was happy, you know, to be able to give that space back to her. But it's it's left me with um, a bit of a conundrum that later today I'm gonna, you know, get back to work on and sort stuff out. Fair enough. But yeah, yeah, that's just a warning. You know, when you're collecting, think about think about it a bit, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure every collector does, but it is easy mm-hmm. to get carried carried away. Um, it is, and it's um, not fun it- when you when you move in around a bit, yeah.
0: No, I mean it. It definitely isn't. And also, like the fact, like, we've talked. We've talked about this until we blew on the face. Like we, we have substantially large video game collections. We, we have talked from the fact that, like, I used to go to a flea market and buy everything I saw. Like, well,
1: Matt, you're those. you're a magpie, Matt. You're, you'll pick up stuff off the street and take it home with you.
0: I will. Yeah. yeah so will <laughs> I. You know, if I see a yeah. CRT
1: TV abandoned uh, by the side of the road, I will. I will take it
0: hey man, you liked that CD rack I found you that one time, so you know.
1: I've um, le- I've got three CRT TVs knocking around. One in the garage, one in the games room, and one in the front room at the minute. I have
0: one. I have yeah. one, and it's 16 inch, and I, I very rarely use it, yeah. which probably says a lot about, maybe I shouldn't have so many retro games, because I don't play them. No, well, there's um, so many
1: ways now to play retro games um, through modern... I mean, Nintendo Switch Online's great. I mean you've got a lot of classic N64, Super Nintendo, Game Boy and so on on there. And retro yeah. compilations and clone consoles, some quite good clone consoles um out there yep. too um that don't require you to have a CRT although I do have a laser player.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> yes you do. Um, and that
1: is um sort of comes to life a bit more on a CRT and uh, it is it is um Nostalgic to stick in an old system and play N64 always looks better on a... And it's not great. I mean, outside of PC, I don't think there's great emulation um, options for the N64.
0: No, I wouldn't say so. No. I mean... I'm not up on that, I,
1: but... Uh,
0: no, it's not something I follow too closely, but honestly, I, I cannot tell you the last time I thought about, oh, I must play this N64 game. I so do... I, I, I well...
1: I'm you see I'm the N64 guy you know that was my go to so I, I do still play N64 rather don't often Don't get me
0: wrong don't get me wrong I did say that and was like hmm maybe I should play some like that watch <laughs> <So, laughs> Yeah 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 but know. that's
1: great that it's on um, Nintendo online I think that service um what it offers up in terms of N64 I mean since it got 1080 on there which is another favorite of mine 1080 and Wave Race and Lilac Wars and Mario 64 and Banjo Kazooie I think is on there and Zelda yeah. and you know it's it's pretty good it is. And a very it... convenient way, and you can play it with the if you get one of the controllers from Club Nintendo. Is it still cool called Club Nintendo? I, call I think
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't know. One of the uh, wireless controllers for Switch, also wires. You know, you play it on a CRT an original console, you've got to contend with them um, cables
0: too. So yeah, you've got to think about hey, I need to sit like yeah. I don't know maybe a meter away from the screen and the console, which is why I have a tiny CRT because I'm like. 90% of the time, I'm using it for mass system stuff. Yeah. And those are very short cables. So, we, <laughs> so cu- it doesn't really matter.
1: <laughs> Currently in our front room, one corner of the room has the, the, the new TV in it. The It's 43-inch Samsung. Fairly cheap TV, but very good, I think. It's better for the money. Yeah. Um, and then the other corner of the room has the, uh, the Philips larger CRT in. So I've got one corner dedicated to the modern and one corner dedicated to the... The Retro, and that's in the front room, which really wasn't yeah. something I was you know keen on turning into a, a more sort of gaming orientated retro. But it's more of a retro audio visual setup than it is a gaming setup, so yeah, yeah,
0: okay. So, when you it's when you want to watch like heat on laser
1: yeah, it's when you want what if when you want to watch TV. a VHS or a laser disc, or you or I want to use a multi region DVD player, um,
0: yeah. Yeah, i.e. UPS too.
1: <laughs> oh, that. No, I can. Well, I can do it upstairs and downstairs now. So,
0: yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I I, I've
1: know. gone off on uh, on one there, but yeah, I think our listeners get the gist of what what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's think about the shit you buy in because also like money is nice. You're, you're, you'll you'll spend styped. weeks,
1: months trying to fit it into when you moved somewhere else. And, uh, yeah, it, it does take a lot of time and a lot of energy, and it is nicer to have less stuff, I can say that. That's a, a statement. Just have what you really like, you know. Don't yes. try and... I mean, with you, you, you picked a great format to collect for Game Boy because, you know, it's very storable.
0: Yes, Go, literally, it goes in a game's wallet. I have yeah. a... if you're buying your loose cartridges, shelf. that
1: is, yeah.
0: I mean, it's a, you've seen, like, I have yeah. one billion, I think, like, I've got a smaller, billy adjacent thing as well, which is full of games. But, like, Mm. I could double stack that and I could minimize that space if I wanted to. I've just kind of left it one face in because it's easier to.
1: Yeah, I have to double stack.
0: To be fair, right? I've been thinking about doing it myself because, A, I don't look at the boxes that much. And, like, I know what's there. I know what Mm. I have boxed because my Game Boy stuff is memorized. Like, for better or worse, I absolutely know 100% what I have on the Game Boy. Game Boy Color. A little bit less so. A little bit of like, oh, I I know I have this game. I can't remember if it's complete in box or not. But then also like Game Boy Advance I've got a lot of. And I'm I'm just like, wow, there's a lot of crap Game Boy Advance games here as well. So maybe yeah. I should just double stack the ones yeah. behind that I don't actually care about. Because if, if I accidentally went, went to a flea market and picked up like a second copy of Strawberry Shortcake for like 10 kroner, is it the end of the world? No, it doesn't really matter.
1: Because they're small-ish things yeah, yeah
0: exactly so it is what it is I, ne- I need to have a I need to have a sort of I mean, it's all dependent on the
1: space house. you've got you know um we could do with an even bigger we're well, renting a house we could do with an even bigger house we could do with a four-bedroom house Uh, If we had a four-bedroom house, I think we would be very comfortable. But, you know, you don't think of that when you're collecting. You don't think, oh, one day I'll need a four-bedroom house, you know, because of my collection. Yeah, just
0: just to hold these PS2s. Yeah,
1: just to keep all the stuff in that you've collected. And, I mean, you know, when you're considering buying a house (laughs) or or even renting, you know, a house, you know, it it does make matters more expensive when you have to think... uh,
0: Well... uh i mean we mo- we moved into our place and i realized well our apartment was holding a house's worth of stuff and then obviously it oh, yeah. doesn't account for the stuff i've bought since i've lived in this house and so yeah. i tr- i try not to buy too much shit unless i have to now and then i got into the one piece trading card game and again also something very easy to yeah, store what, what are
1: you doing How yeah, how's your mind work yeah you're, you're thinking about small things i only collect small things
0: I mean, it's the way to go. I think, personally. Unless uh, they're
1: Skylanders.
0: Unless they're Skylanders, yeah, because you know I've, they're, they're
1: small, odd shapes, odd shapes, Tom. But like, the matter they Skylanders,
0: they're going wallets.
1: The Skylanders, I have. <laughs> How do you store Skylanders? You did that.
0: You did that to yourself, mate. <laughs> is all I'm gonna say.
1: Oh dear, Skylanders, yeah. I think, uh, is the gaming industry moving away from this? I think we saw that with Ubisoft's um, spacecraft game. Starlink. Starlink. Didn't seem to sell very well, did it? Well, we know it's it a didn't shame. sell very well. It's a shame. It's a I shame. It's cool, but game. maybe gamers were just thinking, we're going to put all these plastic vehicles. i have already got a load of Skylanders. i have already got a load of Rock Band instruments. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're yeah. a bit cumbersome because they're quite big, aren't they? The
0: The ships... They are. I mean, they look cool, but yeah. like the thing is, right, the thing I learned from that game was, like, you could still do all this in a video game. Like, the 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 upgrades of weapons and everything else, it, you should have just made a really good flying video game. Yeah. I mean, you could have made merch for it, but, rather than, like, force people to buy plastic peripheral objects they don't need. I think you that was the trend at the time,
1: name. but they were a little bit, after they the were trend. behind it.
0: I mean, like, Dimensions had even ended by then. Yeah. Um, Skylanders had ended. Um, Disney Infinity had ended. And then you've, you've got, like... There were some weird stuff, like some figures that were, like, iPad-enabled that I see in free markets every now and again. There was Starlink. And there were some other bits where they were like, oh, no, this is a really good idea. We should do toys that come to life. And it's like, well...
1: Toys to life was the name of the genre, wasn't it? Is
0: the, is the, is the category, yeah. But it's like, that only... It worked for Skylanders, I think, and subsequently for those other two games, because I I think people were like, "Wow, this is a this is a novel." I, I thing. think, yeah, it, it's quite a great nice idea. There's a
1: certain magic to it, but when you've got so many different ones, you've got Skylanders, you've got Infinity, you've got Starlink, you know, that's a lot of space to. Consume.
0: And also, but also, they're ultimately. I, I mean, I. I I say dimensions is obviously like it's minifigures and bricks. You can play with them anyway. But like ultimately Skylanders and Disney Infinity for me were bad toys. Like, yes, I would say I have one or two Infinity figures. Like I've I've got the Boba Fett and I've got some other stuff because I think they're quite nicely stylized Disney characters. I think,
1: they yeah, they look great, yeah.
0: But like a kid doesn't really think about displaying stuff, do they? A kid wants a toy they can, you know. How, I guess how, that, like, as
1: toys, yeah. There's not a lot of playability. The playability is in the video game, isn't it? The toys are yeah. just a way to get into the, the game, yeah.
0: It is, and then when you get into the game, you could just do the same thing as Fortnite has proven with skins and everything else. Oh, imagine so like if Fortnite, you'd have thing.
1: to buy the characters physically.
0: Oh, God, could you imagine? It would just be like... you would. Yeah, it, it wouldn't work, would it? It wouldn't work. And, like... It, it, they it's... could have
1: done that that could have been um a route and maybe it was talked about at one point oh yeah toys to life uh fortnight they buy the figure they get the costume
0: Nah, man like i i think Fortnite came along after all of that stuff mm. and i think i just i don't think it's I, th- I like i think toys to life kind of had its time and it was a novel experience for then i don't see a world in which you can well, maybe, maybe you know, if the Ubisoft statement comes true of like, well, you sh- people should get used to not owning their games or whatever right. was said and blown out of proportion this week by Ubisoft, maybe then having a physical representation of that game that allows you to access content and you're like, this is a physical thing I have, I have... Um, I don't know a statue of Ezio that I will always have that will always allow me to play Assassin's Creed. Uh, yeah, rather team. than
1: it being yeah, just an access point to the to the thing. That's interesting. That they've done this actually. Um, there's an audio device for kids that takes cards. Yeah. Right, and all the cards are doing the the cards are just an unlock. I don't think the music's stored on the card. So you just plug the card in and then it recognises you've pu- you've purchased the card and, and it downloads the music to the device.
0: Oh, I know, I've i heard of this thing. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, so if you want um,
1: something physical, then it could go that way. But without an internet connection, without unlocking it, then
0: it's... It's, uh, it's Yoto, right? Yoto, it's the, yeah. That's yeah. yeah
1: that's, it's interesting the the players are actually quite cute i mean there's a regular one and there's a, there's a dinky small one
0: it's got like a little pixel screen this is really cool yeah they are very cu- i forgot about this thing
1: yeah don't be tempted to buy
0: one. <laughs> i'm not going to be tempted to buy one tom because alas i'm not a child and i have access to yeah. spotify music yeah because the, the primary
1: function of them is to read stories to your kids i think um but yeah. strangely they Released the Beatles red and blue albums when they were re released recently on cards, and also I think they did a best of Queen.
0: I mean, I, if you're going to get your kids' music stuff,
1: yeah, get your kids into the Beatles and Queen. Yeah,
0: I mean, who doesn't want to say hello to Paul McCartney? Which yeah. is something I can see here, is and hello, cards?
1: goodbye. Yeah, yeah, to the Beatles.
0: I, okay. I would love um, the yeah. It's, it's really odd, actually. Now I'm looking at these things. <laughs> um, there's Beatles songs by uh, Casper Baby Pants, which I imagine is then like lullaby versions of Beatles songs. I could do that. Sleeping songs as well. Like, oh man, it's just like it. It breaks my heart right when I scroll yeah. through this because they've clearly got like they just got amazing children's book illustrators to do a lot of this stuff and like i'm looking at like beautiful illustrations of stuff and like some are leaning into like the classic illustration like style you would have on like these uh gold foil embossed luxury books you see and then every t- every time i see like a branded piece of content it's just like clearly like a stock image of like a muppet or something and i'm like oh you could have made this so nice these oh, the, are we today. talking about the actual cards here I'm talking about the actual cards. I'm looking at them. So the cards are themselves them? are quite binders. nice
1: to look at. Then you stick them in the old uh, device and you the can't player. see
0: them. Well, I mean, it's fine, isn't it? They poke at the top, but I think, like, as a as a piece of media, again, it looks like a children's book. And that's something you can like... collect
1: because you, you, it's small.
0: That's what I'm saying, yeah. They go in a binder. Think about it. It'd be lovely. You I know did say hello to what, Paul McCartney. i
1: take the one of the best examples of... Um, Illogical game and there's loads of examples of illogical game boxes, but they had a great thing in Japan with the GameCube boxes. Yeah, they did. That that wonderful. Why that? You know, this whole idea—something's got—is deemed more valuable if it's bigger. It, it will come back to buy every collector because PC big box games. Oh, they're a pain.
0: Yeah, well, it's because it's a disc, right? It's literally floppy discs. Yeah. I mean,
1: why can't Switch boxes be half the size? You
0: know, switch boxes do not need to be anywhere near the biggest size they are. But I guess, you know, retailers have certain shelf sizes and they need to fit into certain shelf sizes. And you're not going to tell people like, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you make this? Can you make shelving units for this small and ultimately easier to steal product, please? Yeah. Like they need they need to be able to put the that little wire strip thing that clips into the side of the case so people don't steal it. So it I I I see examples. Kind of stuff.
1: You ever seen that uh, Amiba uh, record store? They've got the channel on YouTube where um, musicians go in and they buy records and such and they talk about them.
0: I I have I know of um, Amoeba. I've yeah. not seen the channel. Well, I have yeah, wasn't so familiar with this
1: in in the in the um UK, I've never seen it, but it, in the US in that store in particular, there's CDs are twice the size because they put them in these uh, like ex- plastic extenders.
0: Yeah, big boxes. Yeah,
1: with which well, it's like a plastic sort of frame that just makes them twice as tall, and that's how yeah. the, how they store them. Again, that's what you were saying. Like in in a shop, you need to have these bigger. There, they, they, they feel they need to have these bigger boxes. <laughs> well, I <let> mean, <laughs> to be fair, right? cold.
0: It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> To be fair, it's like in um, Japan when you go and you look for video games generally speaking when you're looking at game boy games in particular like you get a plastic hard case that was clearly big enough for a cd and then they've got little like foam things that they've made space mm. for game boy cartridges or sometimes they'll just have them in the plastic clamshell so it's like four in one thing so you can flick through them quite easily and mm. see what's there rather than you going right there's a hundred game boy games on a shelf that i need to flick through yeah. I think it would have to be that way with Switch games. I think what would end up happening is if you made the cases smaller, A, all of the anti-theft stuff that works on all of the other physical media would then be null and void, and you'd need to like invest in another system. But B, you'd have to put them all behind glass. And I mean, they do that with Pokemon cards in most supermarkets here now, because people nick Pokemon Yeah,
1: but just make cards. them the same size as the GameCube case. Because they obviously the sold little... GameCube games like that in Japan.
0: Yeah, in Japan, though, but that's what I'm saying. Like in In a Western world, like... It's the security things. Like, Think about the length of those little security things that you need to like disarm and take out yeah. when you open a case. You would have to invest in like new infrastructure and, again, also new ways to shelve them because a Switch game kind of fits comfortably in a DVD thing, even though it's too small for it. If it was smaller, then you would never see it on shelf either. Yeah. Oh, These are just things you know. You logic. sort
1: of look at it and think, "Oh, look!" In, again, it's always Japan, isn't it? It's like because it's space in Japan because they don't have as maybe as much space. You know, if you, you live yeah. in Japan, you're probably living in a smaller space, so everything yeah. is smaller. You know, the, the 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 Famicom is small. The NES is big. The Saturn cases are CD cases. Of course, the Saturn cases in Europe are bloody massive things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, I think that they got it right. I, I think I'm just talking from the perspective of someone who's now moved from a flat to a house and still doesn't have enough space, kind of, yeah.
0: Hey, mum, like, yeah. like I said, that that is a sign to me you need to downsize some of your stuff.
1: Yep, yep, but that is a, a challenge in itself.
0: And then look at it and go like, oh, cool, Silent Hill 3, how likely am I to play this? Oh, it's £100 now, <laughs> bye! Is it? Yeah. Silent
1: oh, did, probably games. the original release. It got re released Silent Hill three. It,
0: doesn't, it it doesn't matter, mate. Any release of Silent Hill three is ridiculous. Any release of si- if you have the the collector's edition, that card one of Silent Hill two, mm-hmm. you know the fucking most common version of Silent Hill two, hundred and fifty quid, I think, something
1: wow. like that. Is it is is a sealed um, haunting ground worth anything?
0: Yeah, shit ton. Haunting Ground itself is worth a lot of money.
1: I did, you know, I thought it was, and then I found one eBay sealed, and it was like thirty quid or something. And I was like, oh, I bought it.
0: That's that's yeah. It, Haunting Ground's really expensive. Um, mm. Let's do it live, Tom.
1: Haunting Ground PS2. I have a sealed copy, right? Yeah. Let's see.
0: Yeah. Right, Haunting Ground PS2 complete in box. uh um, oh,
1: oh, that's not even sealed. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Like, *Haunting Grown is a very expensive video game. Sealed.
1: 150 sealed.
0: Right. You have a UKV version, probably. It is all, again, it is all on versions. It is all what version of the game you have, especially with PS2 stuff, Mm. where people are willing to pay a premium for the UK version. Right, actually, I I can see a UKV version of it here. It's 150 quid. Yeah.
1: This is what I'm looking at. Yeah,
0: it's the same one you're looking at. Yeah. It looks like the US one's more expensive. That's interesting.
1: But I still think that's a lot of money.
0: I think I think that's a shit ton of money. And I, obviously like, I've
1: never played it.
0: Yeah, no, I I'm sure it's fine. Um I'm gonna do the thing I like to do every now and again. Sorry, listen audience. How much do you think my copy of Michigan Report from Hal is probably worth? Ah oh, yes,
1: this is something uh, I would have liked like to own myself. I don't know. Um Two hundred, probably um, the highest.
0: There and. is a no UKV versions on eBay. There is a French version, French German version that is, someone's currently asking seven hundred and fifty euro for. <laughs> I paid a fiver for
1: it. Yeah, I I, I picked up King of Fighters ninety eight on PS two for. Remember this. You were there, I, do, I think. Yeah. And I think I do. that's I, also... I
0: do. It's the only time I've ever seen you snatch a game out of my hands <laughs> as if I was going to buy a <laughs> Did I really? game. game. I... Yeah. Oh, I apologize. I was just like... That's a bit rude. I literally, I literally... So we were outside a game shop. I'm sure that's we documented terrible. this is the time oh. on a podcast. Um, and I mean, I literally showed it to you to be like, do you want a King of Fighters game? And you just went, nah. <laughs> just pulled oh. it up my hand. Is it interesting and how then, you
1: change as you sort of get older?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 yes, it is. But I mean, it's also just like after you then told me, like, "Oh, this is a really, really obscure release." Oh, obscure yes. Release, I think that had something to, to do
1: with my reaction, didn't it? Because because I, I knew yes. that you don't see that. King Fighters '98 on PS2. Is, is it as rare as? Um... Ultimate okay. match, you know. There's been so many of them now. There's like ultimate, ultimate match now. <laughs> yeah. Final edition. Um, King of Fighters Ultimate Match Final Edition.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, the version, the version you had, which is King of Fighters Ultimate Match, is um, there's a sold listing on eBay for eighty quid. Yeah. Which, You know, again, I think you probably paid somewhere in the region of five or for it. Yeah, it, it was, so but you know. it's a
1: f- five fiver, yeah. 50 crow.
0: Right. Let's stop talking about video game value and let's actually start talking about video oh, games. Oh, yeah. It's
1: about playing because, you know, oh. it's it's cool collecting video games, but, you know, you have to be careful about it. But playing them is you what do. it's all about. You do.
0: Yeah. Hey, man. Like, as someone who is, as I've mentioned, someone who's very much into the One Piece card game at the moment. Um,. And prices are berserk. And I've literally seen like three videos of like these short, like clippy, really things on Instagram. It's like, hey, you want a good return on investment? Buy some One Piece cards. You can buy a box mm. and then you pull this. Oh, look at this card. Mm. It's worth £3,000. Ba, 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 ba. And it's like, yeah, you're the reason I can't buy any fucking cards to play the game I want to actually play, you dickheads. Yeah, real ah! shame, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It is. It sucks. Um, and I mean, to be fair, this is the same with video games at the moment, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like, raising Michigan Report from Hell is like, whatever ridiculous amount I just said it was, or someone's trying to get that. It's because there aren't that many copies of it. It's probably never going to be re-released. And there is a supply and demand issue. And obviously, everyone who's aware of that game has hoovered it up and put it away in a vault, or in my case, probably a cupboard. Mm-hmm. And then gone cool, I've got that game, I don't have to worry about it, and so there aren't that many going on the market. Whereas oh One Piece, people are just buying stuff and flipping it and going, eh
1: you know you have to sorry castlevania oh, 3 on the nes
0: yeah um vampire's kiss on the super nintendo hmm. also ridiculous uh, hmm. it is just what it is yeah. i i was thinking i was thinking literally thinking about this earlier and weirdly i thought about someone i hadn't thought about in a long time and i don't even know why i thought about them But then I was just like, I remember buying a boxed copy of Wayne's World for the Super Nintendo off them for like three quid. And I'm like, I wonder how much that game is worth now. It was a strange strange thing. Before we
1: jump, before we jump talk about, you know, what we've played, I've been watching a great channel. This relates into collecting and and toys and such uh, on YouTube called called? the Leicester Vintage Toy Shop. Are you familiar with this? No, I'm not. They do a series called Toy Shop on Tour where they travel around, first they did the UK and then they, they travel oh, around Europe. Oh,
0: yes, I am aware of this channel because I think they visited my good friend Tom. Tom, and, yes, so um, I, I watched this
1: episode cars. the other day and immediately uh, thought of you. And, uh, yeah, I, I imagine he's uh, in an interesting situation with, with games and the value of them. And, yeah, it's, if someone works directly with that. What were your experiences of, of going there? Is there... Uh, I mean, prices when you were going there were probably I, a lot lower than they are now. Have you been there recently?
0: I ha- I mean, I haven't been there for Oof. when was the last time I went? I went when I was home last year. Super Tomato in, in Cardiff.
1: In Cardiff. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, this this is the same as going anywhere, right? Like, there's a place called the Retro Station, Bute. Yes, I've. So- they went big. there as well. There's, con- there's console action in Swansea. There's one. In Have you seen the episode? Uh, no, I have. You should because I watch, they go to watch, Port
1: Talbot and yeah. they say how lovely it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I'm not going to get into talking about Port Talbot. <laughs> there's there's too there's too much going on with um, the steelworks in Port Talbot thanks to our, our our lovely government at the moment. So I'm not going to talk about. Patalbert but but
1: but it seems to be a good place for retro stuff, and you should check it out, Matt. Yeah.
0: It it is an area of the world where like I I think the reason I'm into RPGs the same way I'm into RPGs is because there was a lot of people who clearly played that stuff and traded it in quite regularly around that the South Wales area and that's how yeah. I got into it. Yeah. Um, I w- I will just say sorry to anyone affected from Port in the the recent announcement from the Steelworks. Hope it all goes through okay and hopefully. Man how many listeners do
1: we have from Port Talbert?
0: quite a few Do it we? seems every time i go back are um, you a local celebrity apparently so apparently so that's how it goes anyways <laughs> um what i was going to say before that is i mean i think it i think i've seen the prices of games rise everywhere i think the, the interesting thing about tom's store in cardiff is yeah. that they go to japan quite a bit and they bring back like interesting little bits from japan um that was evident fine... in the video i saw yeah, yeah which is from I'm a sure, couple of years sure back it, i think I'm sure at the time they still had that Final Fantasy GameCube that they just bought in hard off for nothing, which I think there's only, like, 1 in 25 in the world. As I've said on this podcast before, like, they've had copies of, like, Rendering Ranger, which is the the Turrican sequ- spiritual sequel on the Super Nintendo yeah. that there's a 1,000 copies of, like... They've had lots of good stuff in, and obviously like as time has gone on, as the market has adjusted, so are they. But I always think their prices are fair, and I always think they have stuff with, I very rarely see elsewhere. Somewhere. With a
1: lot of Sega, because I saw on Instagram the House of Sega is their Instagram yes. handle. So they have a lot of Sega.
0: They have a lot of Sega stuff, um, yeah. which is why I always end up going in there and buying Master System stuff mm. these days, because I, I, I think it's gotten to the point where I have... All of all of the, the Game Boy stuff I could possibly ever want, and so I end up getting talked into, "Oh, this is a good Master System game," and so I generally. Because okay, that's up the
1: next thing you, you jump to in retro. Yeah, Master System. I don't really, I
0: I wouldn't say I. There was a period where I was like, "Yeah, I'm collecting Master System," and now I'm just like, "Okay, cool, I've got everything I want for the Master." It's System. It's like a phase, like, I, isn't it? You get into something yeah.
1: for a while, and then it's like it sort of peter's out a bit.
0: Well, it was, it was also just the fact that I picked up that copy of Power Blade 2, right, for, like, next to nothing. And then mm. I was like, well, I've got the rarest game on the mass system, bar one or two obscure races. Well Bar, bar Power Blade games. 1. Um, is it called Power Blade? Oh, no, it's not Power Blade. It's, it's, Powers,
1: um, it's not, yeah. Isn't that an, sure a, an NES game? Um, it's called...
0: <laughs> uh, Power, Power Blade is the... Oh, my God. See, this is how much I give a shit about the... <laughs> to the master system. Clean. Power
1: Strike. It's called
0: power. Power Strike. Thank you. Yes. Because the... I have
1: the first one, which I think is also um collectible.
0: It, it is. Yeah. Um. As is the second one, because the second one was only released in mm. Europe and Japan. Talking you know, about.
1: It's... People are asking. Yeah, a bit for that as well. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're into about games. It... What have you been playing, Matt? Sorry.
0: <laughs> right, I've played two games. Um, one of them I will talk about briefly because I don't think it's a very long experience. It is a game that I had seen on many, many people's Game of the Year edition list things like many years We haven't ago. done that. No, I, I To be honest with you, I don't think we really play. I don't it think so we're, we're qualified. Like we're not a qualified the to 10. do
1: game. There's a podcast that we're not qualified for your Game of the Year 2023 podcast. <laughs>
0: No, I. I mean, mine will obviously be. Um, yeah, I really liked um, like a dragon. The one who raised his name. Surprise, surprise. surprise. My. Game I'll of have the to year think about
1: what my game of the year is because i as I say, we say I've played. I've played,
0: a, I've played a lot of stuff. Um, but I, I, right. So I'm, I'm undergoing as I do most years a dry January because why not? Um, and as a result of that, I'm also kind that's of. That's not drinking. Dr- yeah, that's not drinking for right. January. Okay. Um, but that is a. A thing that's kind of reflected in games. Um, Not for the same reason I don't drink alcohol. It's just like, oh, well, I drink a bit more than I usually do at Christmas, which is not a lot in the start. And I'm like, okay, I'll let my liver have a break from that so I don't (laughs) do anything. But it's more... I'm almost having a gaming fast in January because both Yakuza 8 uh, Infinite Wealth comes out next week. Mm.
1: Tekken 8 is out.
0: Curio, because. I... Oh my god, we need to talk about the Brian Cox Tekken 8 thing in a second. What? But... I don't know. Oh god. How have you. Alright. Well, Curio's in Tekken 8. Let, let me finish my thought. Sorry. Tech... There's a new Yakuza game, there's Persona 3, the remake of Persona 3, and then there's also Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. <laughs> so, like, there are three RPGs that I really give a fuck about coming out in the space of three weeks of each other. So. I'm not playing any games right now because I know I'm probably going to be playing three RPGs. That's an interesting way of you. looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it is, um, uh, and so it is. No, what I was going to say to you is, have you not seen Brian Cox, i.e. Um, oh, the actor, I've his name, his the, yes, um, the the this... the Brit, the the British actor yeah. um, who is uh, in Succession yeah. and many other mm-hmm. things. Um, he did an Instagram reel where he pretty much just talks through the entire lore of Tekken. What? Oh, have you not? How have you, of all people, not seen this? So, so he was hired by
1: you. Namco Bandai. By to...
0: Bandai Namco, yeah. yeah. And he just he just sits there and go and just talks in his very Brian Cox voice about Kiryu Kazama and his father Kiryu? Like, uh, I'm not um, you is. I mean Jin I fuck, and. I don't fucking like Tekken, Tom. Sh- I don't care. Oh. Jin Kazama, King of. Uh, you mean of Kazuya? You Th- talking about like Kazuya? I do mean Kazuya. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter, Tom. Right. Anyway, it's just Brian Cox talking about Tekken and, right. and just pronouncing Japanese words and things with all of the the weight of Brian Cox mm. uh, being Logan Roy um, and just clearly not really giving a shit, but being there because they paid him probably a lot of money to talk about yeah he doesn't King have a clue first. what he's
1: talking about you know the Tekken sort of uh, backstory is very uh, complex and
0: it is uh, <laughs> he talks about he talks about Hiachi he talks about everyone else hey, it's, is, is Hiachi dead
1: I can't record he's dead isn't he then he comes back and then Kazuya was dead but now he's come back it's like no one
0: to... i mean again i don't know the law okay tech and sorry I, just, yes. I look i look at it every time i'm like oh law, this is law's son now okay cool martial law i know that yeah martial law and everything else forest That's forest law. oh forest law forest law and martial law yeah martial law's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> now i think about it yoshimitsu Lei um, Wulong. It, exactly we can just say all of these names like brian cox all day Anyway, with that in mind, with all of these, like, hey, I'm going to have to play a load of games, I've played two games. One of them we talked about and we promised each other oh, on the last podcast, no. no one's heard up until this point, what? that we were both going to buy uh, Wanted Dead. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't. Team Ninja game <laughs> didn't. Um, well, Tom Parry, I'm here to tell you, maybe don't. Don't bother. Really? Um, it's a third-person action game. What could go wrong? It is. Um, <laughs> it's... Team Ninja difficulty and then also not really being very good at making shooters is what I will say. Who's the, it the developed by ha- I, I think it is directly Team Ninja and I think it's published by someone else.
1: Not Team Ninja.
0: It is. Uh Wanted. Uh, I think it's a
1: different studio. I
0: will tell I will tell you, we have talked about this many times. Maybe
1: we've with ex Team Ninja staff.
0: Um, right. So the game is Developed by Solei, um which is about studio games thing. They made Devil's Third. It is the it is the, the people who went and made Devil's Third, made an action shooter game.
1: Oh, that was the studio headed up by um the What's the, his face? Itagi... Yes. Itagi... Ita- Ita- yeah, the the not Yeah, the father of Dead or Alive.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um is um uh, Satoshi Kanamatsu. No, no, um, no. Is the studio, is the studio runner, and then it is yeah the Dead or Alive guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, is listed in this Wikipedia. I'm article? gone.
1: Can you hear that keyboard?
0: I can hear that frantic type Because that's yes. a that's
1: a big mechanical keyboard. Ah, Tomonobu Itagaki. Yes. Is is the is the guy who created Dead or Alive? And Ninja Gaiden. No, we revived mm. Ninja Gaiden. He, didn't Ninja Gaiden. He, he obviously brought it back for the original Xbox. And then went on to do Devil Third.
0: He did. Um, it is... A, so, the Hardcore Gamer describes it as a modern take on a third-person action game from the early 2000s. And overall, a punishingly difficult bloodbath as a joy to play. A joy? Okay. I would... I would disagree with that last statement. I didn't um, think it had
1: the the greatest uh, reputation.
0: No, it did not. It's got a Metacritic score of around fifty. Um, mm. It is right. It, there are things I really like about it in that it has the Tom and Matt attack mm. charm of like a trashy third person action game. There, you can I can qu- I can quite clearly intone make reference to things like shadows of the damned quite comfortably good however um it is as th- that Paul quote just said punishingly difficult even from the get-go i've played about an hour a bit and i'm like do i really want to play? how this much did this you pay for i paid like 15 quid for it or whatever mm-hmm. it was i bought it on sale yeah. um in the in the christmas sale
1: oh on um, digital
0: yeah, mm. I bought it digitally. I was like, well, let, let's try this before I spend 50, 60 quid on a physical copy, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. I yet. think you can get it for cheaper oh, here. I think you could, so. but like it, essentially it's a mix of third is a third-person action game. You have a mix of using a gun um and using cover combat mechanics as you would expect, and then you also have a sword. And so people come up to you and like you slash them and you do whatever. There is a very high emphasis on you can't really get hit because you don't have a lot of health, uh. and also, uh, pretty much what happens is like you just get swarmed immediately from the get go before they even really let you settle into the shooter mechanics by like melee combat. Oh, no, and I don't like the sound it's all timed parries, and if you fuck them up, you instantly die. And I was like, I'm playing this on normal, uh, on the easy mode, where you at least get revived once when that happens. Yeah. But generally what happens is, you go into a big environment, you have absolutely pittance of ammo in your guns, and bullet sput- and G enemies to try and take care of. So you're like, right, I need to get relatively close to them, because I need to do headshots, otherwise I'm not going to get through this room. Mm. So you do that, and then generally what happens is in most of these areas, you kill one wave of enemies, and then you get like charged by four people with swords who instantly kill oh. you. And I'm like, this is not fun. I mean, how is it compared
1: nin- to the uh, difficulty level of something like uh, Ninja Gaiden?
0: I think Ninja Gaiden, while difficult, is more technically competent. Mm, mm. Ninja and so Gaiden, not... yeah,
1: it has the reputation to be difficult, but it, it's very playable still.
0: The only way I've managed to circumvent it in my hour of playing so far... Is generally to trick the AI by making them run into one of my oh cohorts. That's not a good. And then <laughs> my cohort pushes them, and then I unload a clip in their face before they can pull a sword on me. And like when you're having to think about that in an action game where you're supposed to be in cover shooting things, mm. it's generally not a fun time. Tom is what I will mm. say.
1: Okay, well, that's a shame.
0: It's a shame. Mm, it is I, it's a game. It is a game. I would love to watch someone else play who is willing to put up with the bullshit that this game has to offer or a game that i would love them to put in like a god mode for so i could just play it and yeah. not have to worry about like actually dealing with it and just see the clearly oh. ridiculous story because it starts with you being like being a woman in a high security prison that's run by ai with a massive robot arm and a a big like a big imposing military man comes in and is like we need you for a mission and it's just really dumb and it's clearly like really weird stuff and there's also a character that's kind of intriguing because I've not really seen it done well in a game before um, who is uh, either hearing impaired or deaf and he's speaking with sign language Mm. Mm. and I think it's handled really well and I'm like this seems like the most nuanced in this game it's the
1: gameplay that's not yeah
0: Yes, exactly. It Performing. suffers from Deadly Premonition syndrome, where all of the stuff around it is like <laughs> it's weird. It's really cool, and unusual. but the gameplay's <laughs> a bit. Hopey. The gameplay's yeah. really trash. Yeah. So I'm a bit sad. I might play a bit more of it, um, because that's... I have it and I'm not really looking to play anything else. They dropped um there's a that new grand Blue Fantasy game, like another RPG that's dropped based on the Grand Blue yeah. Fantasy series, which is a, a big gacha thing in Japan. Uh, called uh, Relink, which I've heard very good things about. I Everyone I know who's played that demo has been like, oh, that's excellent. But much like the reason I haven't gone back to Sea of Stars, even though I I, I really enjoy uh, that game, is like I'm like, I can't do JRPGs at the moment. I need no. to save my JRPG head for the JRPGs that are to come. And so yeah. it is what it is. So maybe I'll dip in and out of Wanted Dead. But
1: I'm reading about um, the studio. Now, Valhalla was the studio that was
0: Devil's Third, yeah,
1: created by Ikigaki, And then that was merged into the, the studio that's um, developed Wanted Dead, which is Soleil?
0: Soleil, I think. Soleil, yes, Isn't of course it, it is. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, um, yeah, so that studio died. Because I wondered what happened, because Devil Third came out by, by Valhalla Game Studios and it, it flopped as far as I'm aware.
0: Yes, it tanked. Also yeah. <laughs> curiously, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to eBay.co.uk and check how much a copy of Devil's Third is now. Nothing, good, I, I, I bet. I
1: bet there's no demand for Devil's Third.
0: Oh, Tom Parry, people want full Wii U collections. Oh. Um Devil's oh. Third by now seventy quid.
1: Wow, well I own that. Um Good, okay. I think well, I like Devil's Third though. <laughs> had a good i, I tell you what, I had a quite a fun multiplayer mode which you can no longer play
0: yeah uh, weirdly the the american copies of devil's third in particular are worth like three four hundred quid right. i don't know why mm. i guess it was more widely published in europe because we like trashy games i don't so, know so
1: valhalla died which is funny because it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: they, it went it went to Valhalla. yes in
1: 2014 yes. whereas and then the team uh merged yeah
0: yeah it is what it is anyway so i played that i i For might sense. go back and play a bit of it a game I'm definitely going to go play back. I'm going to loop back around on a big tangent. Um, is the one that I mentioned that was on a lot of people's game of year list, game of the year lists a couple of years ago, which is called Burly Men at Sea. Yeah. I don't know if ah,
1: you... yes. No, yeah, yeah. I I remember hearing about that. Not know very so much I, about it
0: though. I bought it on a PSN sale a while back because I think it was a I think it was like a quid, hmm. and I was like, oh well, if people like admittedly, the poll quote is like is in Time's Game of the Year, and I'm like, well, I don't really care about Time magazine's opinion on Game of the Year, <laughs> fine, but I heard a lot of people on things like Giant Bomb and Kind of Funny and stuff that I also like to watch and listen to at the time talking about this game. So I was like, well, I've bought it. Clearly, it's in my library. I'm looking for something quick to play, and it started life, I believe, as an iOS app. Oh, so I was like, well
1: very graphic. I mean, graphic is in... Not gory. Uh, I
0: mean, gra- graphical, <laughs> graphical, like, very like <laughs> min- minimalist graphic design aesthetic. I imagine you,
1: you were uh, quite, yeah, interested in this space purely on visuals.
0: I, to be honest with you, I just bought it because I'd heard nothing but good things about it, and mm. it was a quid, and I was like, well, why not? And, and so then I started playing yeah. it, and I was like, oh, actually this is very nice. Like that's it fair. is of that time of like very minimal graphic design leaning into just using, like, simple imagery and stuff. And also just, there's beautiful things because a lot of the graphic design is, like, shape-based. Mm, so it's very mm. minimal in its aesthetic. And it also manages to carry that through to the music and sound effects. And so, like, there's a, a man who makes you coffee because, of course, there's a man who makes you coffee and talks about it being, like, a, bl- a, a, a one-bean-origin coffee espresso that he's made himself and all this kind of oh, stuff. Because yeah. okay. that's very much the vibe of the game. Hipsters. Um, and when... He, yeah, it's very, it's very hipster. When he makes, when he makes the coffee, instead of like them using a sound effect of a coffee machine, it's a person clearly making the mm. thing of a coffee machine going off and doing like the Foley work with their mouths. And then there's also a blacksmith who's hammering away in one of the buildings and, he's like, ting, ting. Mm. and it's like ding, ding. It leans into that aesthetic. With this on switch,
1: sorry, did he say?
0: It is on everything. everything. It is on Switch. Why well, did you it play is on... it? I played it on PS5, where, mm. again, I was reminded of its existence, and I, I bought it because it is on sale at the moment, and it's a New Year's mm. sale for, like, a quid. Um, I think this is a game that, honestly, in my heart of hearts, while I'm like, yeah, it's really cheap on a console i haven't checked how much it is on an ios device but i believe the way the game plays would probably lend itself better to a touch screen oh so right not, not even
1: what about steam
0: I, mouse. I think you could play. i think you could play it quite comfortably with a with a mouse because mm. like it's mainly you're, you're pointing and interacting with things in the environment but what you're generally doing is you're going left or you're going right and like it's very confusing on the opening title screen because you need to interact with it by swiping it which obviously if you have a touchscreen this is one of the first things you do but right. I I was trying to move a cursor around and clicking on stuff I was like nothing's happening what the fuck am I missing So how about the switch? I started I start I didn't play it on the switch I played it on Yeah switch. but but so it maybe like, it will yeah. have the touchscreen Yeah I I th- I think it would work on the switch hmm. and so I was just throwing I was literally ha- like hmm. mashing all of the buttons And I realized oh I need to use the right analog stick to like swipe the screen this is very odd Mm. and so there's been a couple of instances where i didn't really know what to do because i think it would be obvious to me that the game was stuck in a loop sequence if i was using a touch screen because i wouldn't be able to do the interaction as quickly like there was one instance where i was racing something And, like, they're like, right, if you fall behind me, then you're going to die. And so I was like, right, okay, well, I'm not going to fall behind him and hold the right analogue stick. Mm -hmm. And I did. And then, like, a minute into that race, I was like, oh, actually, nothing's really happening. And then I realised I needed to use... I let go of it to see if I died, and Mm. I didn't. And I was like, oh, actually, what I need to do is, like, pull this character back, which I imagine, again, would be a swiping gesture. So I would have figured it out because that character really interacted and moved, but it didn't. Um generally it's really short and really sweet runs of this game it's not like don't take run the wrong way Tom i know you're like all oh, rogue like it's not <laughs> yeah how what did you know is... how did
1: you know i felt like that
0: cuz i i can see into your brain mm. uh, what happens with this game is rogue-like. essentially it's like it's like 5 10 15 minute like small stories um and it's these three these three burly sailors um One's called, one's the angry one, one's the brave one, and one's the uh, curious one or something like that. I can't remember what their, their names are because I've only played through twice. I'm sure when I come back next week, I'll be able to be like, oh, it's these three. Um, And generally, these characters, they're going on like cycles through the story. And so it's kind of almost like a point and click adventure in the loosest way of describing that because every route you take has multiple paths you can take and the gameplay loop is so small that you can kind of just go through one or two of these stories and see some interesting things and, and have some small interesting interactions that don't really get in your way which again i think would be perfect for a mobile game and i see why when this was on people's game of the year list and that's how they experienced it that was there so you sit on the toilet
1: got... and you do a little story and then, then you'd go off and do something else and come back yeah, to it exactly for a moment later and
0: yeah. yeah, exactly. They they call it a quiet adventure game, is how it is described on the opening screen, and I think that sums it up really nicely. Again, I want to pl- I'm going to try and play this now on iOS because I think it'd be a better experience rather than playing it on console. Hmm. But like, I, I think it's quite charming. I think. Wait, a it must really be considering nice... you want to
1: play it again on a phone.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I think that is the ideal way to play it. But like, it's pretty good. Like, an, it's not going to break. It's not going to break your budget. It's not going to take you too much time to go through. I think looking at how long to beat, how long to beat, you can do everything in like two hours. But again, if you're playing it like five ten minutes at a time, mm-hmm. that's gonna that's gonna. A lovely to little like, a uh, game something. to
1: play on your phone, like um, my, my favorite part-time UFO.
0: Exactly, it's same same yeah. vein of that. Yeah. It is just like a little a little idling game when you've got little five minutes and you want to play something and do something a bit different, rather than just scroll Twitter or look at the Guardian and go, Oh God, it's all gonna kick off. Soon, I
1: genuinely think part time UFO is one of the best games I've played in the last I don't know how many years. I
0: would I would probably include and this is a bold statement, I it's not backed up by science or me actually thinking about it, I'd probably include part time UFO on probably my top ten games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just like pure it. gameplay. So well done. So addictive. Uh, so well presented. You know, even getting other little outfits for the for the guy as well is, is fun.
0: I just i I just love the little how all well, the music like again the presentation as you say like mm. it looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful. It's so well considered. It's because it's, cause it's hell, isn't it? It's mm. just a good fucking game. Yeah. I played. The, is there anything else you've played before? I. Uh... Nope, that is it, other than lots of One Piece card games. Lovely. I want to talk about that.
1: (laughs) Um, Mario Wonder played a bit more of that. I I haven't completed the game by any means, but I did pick it back up again in the new year. There's something about a Nintendo game, especially a Mario game. It's great. I really like it. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Um I've got not got too much more to say about it and still still enjoying it still think it's a very solid uh, creative uh, experience and what else have I I play? I tell you what I, a situation that I've encountered on the uh, Series S the obvious one isn't it you're going to run out of room because in, the internal um storage right, is very, very small. small yeah um but then that 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 really has changed the way you play games because if something is really frustrating you and I had this situation with Need for Speed Unbound because it's a game I've poured a lot of hours into and really quite enjoyed. But I reached a point in the game where it was coming nigh on impossible. I, I couldn't find a way to beat a particular race. I, you know, It was just very frustrating and I couldn't get any further. And that's when you delete the game because you don't yeah. have the storage space to keep a game you, you don't necessarily, you know, you're done with. Yeah. Right. So and I won't come back to it because I won't reinstall it. But I've sunk hours and hours into that game. But I won't come back to it because I can't just leave it on the hard drive. If yeah. something has to go, it has to be the game. You know that I've decided. Well, I can't get any further with that.
0: Well, this is this has been my question to you a long time, and this is kind of looping back round to the, the start of the conversation when mm. we had about physical media and mm. the space that takes up. You have always been a person where, I, well, I'm going to buy that on the Xbox because I want to have it downloaded. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the beauty of digital stuff. You don't need to keep stuff on a hard drive if you're not going to play it. And, like, I, I think this is a good thing for you that you've reached this conclusion because I think hopefully this will now allow you to go like, well, I haven't really played this game in a year, and it's still on a hard drive. Am I likely to play it? Should I delete it? Should it make room for something well, else? Well, if
1: you need the room, I and and, you know, On my other Xboxes, you know, I don't necessarily need the room, but on the Series S, space is a premium. And and you want to sample the latest Game Pass has got to offer. So uh, you end up having to make those sorts of decisions. I've got uh, only a few games on the hard... I deleted Biomutant off my Xbox Series S recently for some space because I finished it, you know, and I'm like, well, I left it there because it's one of my favourites, but I thought, well, I haven't t- come back to it in, in this time, so. And I played it before it was upgraded to the next gen, and I found it a fine experience. So, um, yeah. no, I've never played the uh, next gen version of Biomutant, but. Yeah, I, I delete Biomutant, I delete Neve Speed, and I still didn't have enough to... I think I was trying to download uh, Far Cry 6 because I wanted to try that out. still didn't have enough room for it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you really have to be very economical with that, and, and it's just not a great situation to be in when the um, storage costs so much. I think it's come down a bit, or there's other options that are cheaper now for Xbox storage. But, yeah, you do have to be selective. Definitely. You do. I've got Forza Motorsport on there, and Forza Horizon Five, and Sonic Unleashed, and I think in terms of Series XS games, that's all I've got, and that's all I can fit. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I I say if you want to sample a lot of games, you need a bigger storage thing. If you if you do intend to go back to those games, and you want to, because something like Forza, you can just pick up and play whenever. It's nice to have it there because there's not yeah. this moment in that game where um either any a game where you, you feel so frustrated with it and the progression is halted the the problem with need for speed and bound with the progression i could not progress until i did finish this race in first place yeah. and even with multiple tra- retries and stuff and upgrading my car as much as i could i didn't see a way of do doing it, it. It's really frustrating. Also, you get up to a point in the game, because the way it's designed is uh, the more races you do, the more heat you get. So the police are more likely to chase you. and You end up in a situation where you're trying to progress in the game and get to the next race, yet your heat level's so high that you're, the police are on you all the time and you can't go to that next race until you've lost the police. So you spend most of your time trying to lose the police, you know, and then oh i get to do the race so i can progress and then yeah. then you don't do it in the week it gives you like a timeline says so you you get up to this part of the week and then you can do the um qualifier so mm-hmm. you work your way up to to the qualifier you you fail the qualifier you have to go back a day right in oh, in, in okay. the timeline so you have to you know earn the money again you know, you've saved up twenty thousand, then you have to go back to nothing and stay up twenty thousand again. Still at the same time, in order to progress, you're having to constantly dodge the police to get to the next race anyway.
0: That seems so it's a
1: horrible industry, loop yeah. to get stuck in because you can't just immediately go and do the race you're stuck on. You have to build all the money up and you have to lose the police several, several times, and that's hours of playing. Yeah. So well, it's a great racing game, I think, and it, the, the whole police thing is a cool angle, because you've got a little map, you have to think about where you're going, because if the police see you, then then you're stuck, so it is a strategic thing, but it's also um, becomes an annoyance when you're trying to progress.
0: I, I could see that. Yeah. That's that's, so that's sure. my little
1: rant over for Neve Speed Unbound, I think, again, awful lot of potential it's made by criterion i mean it's a, it's a great driving game but there's elements of that game that really make it frustrating for for me personally that's a shame yeah there you go so so really what i've been playing is i've been playing that and and mario and of course Fortnite. i'm always dipping into Fortnite on a weekly uh basis
0: yeah what did you actually i'm curious that like they launched a lot of new modes. i don't think we talked about ah the yeah last podcast yeah, okay, yeah i think yeah, it came yeah, out yeah. in between what did you think in particular because like i think i think the lego fortnite mode is fun i thought the racing game from um the rocket league mm. people whose name escapes me was fine but i didn't really no i didn't with it.
1: feel the yeah, aesthetic with it myself either
0: it, it it i don't really like the mechanics for the racing mm. stuff and so like it's a bit unique isn't it in Fortnite, yeah but i it I just it felt like a sloppy kart racer to me and mm. i didn't that's not really what i want mm. and like obviously i'm not a big driving games fan anyway so i bounced off immediately i was somewhat disappointed by the harmonics um rock band did harmonics actually develop that they bought harmonics, Tom. You see, Epic I just thought uh, this harmonics. is very
1: close to Rock Band, and I thought, wow, can they get away with that? But
0: <laughs> yes, because they owned the studio that made Rock Band.
1: You know, I I have gone back to that a few times in a multiplayer capacity.
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah uh, playing, I, I quite like it. I, I think how they've laid out the um, the buttons, it makes a lot of sense on the controller actually
0: yes that, once that you get one.
1: it it's very easy but once yeah it takes it's a little bit of a learning curve
0: i honestly i played some of the harder difficulty songs yeah i am right yeah the harder I, difficulty I, that's another story I isn't it playing could it on easy not stuff. fucking i could not fucking do it yeah i literally my brain wouldn't work to be like so for, for those of you who haven't dipped into fortnite they have a new music mode that I believe is called Fortnite Festival. Yeah, I think yeah, that's right. Um, and generally what it is, is it's a game made by Harmonic, so unsurprisingly, you can play bass, uh, guitar, drums, or the vocals of a particular track. And how they've mapped that to the controller is essentially it's uh, left and up, right for the first two rails, and then triangle and circle at least on the PlayStation. So you you kind of it's across
1: the controller, isn't it? Yeah.
0: In a a, a triangular motion across the mm. controller, rather than them having you try and press like the four buttons or the four direction pads, yeah. they're trying to think about it like in this kind of V shape. So you think about it in the logic of the guitar neck uh, from Guitar Hero. Which is cool, um, and yes, I I admit I played some of the weekend stuff that it launched with, mm. and I was fine until it, the, I went on like the medium difficulty or played one of the hardest. Yeah, yeah. When I was saying it thing.
1: was easy, it yeah on the easier difficulties, which makes a lot of sense. But yeah, the harder difficulties, yeah, I, I, I struggled. But I've seen um, others, you know, take to it very. Well, and be able to do some of those tougher songs on harder difficulties Yeah, I wish you
0: could. I wish you could remap it somehow. Right. And I almost—I I almost thought it was
1: like the optimal way of doing it myself. I was quite happy with that.
0: I just—I my brain thinks triggers. Right, is my my is what I'm thinking, but like maybe there's not that visual link of like the cross, the mm. thing of the controller there maybe that's what it it's is. It's very
1: bare bones of course, it's just been extra mode for Fortnite, it's not on the level of something like Rock Band where you can customise your appearance and I did wonder if you could connect an a instrument to it but I don't think you can.
0: Not yet, no. there, is, there is I have heard uh, that they were talking about it through other podcasts where someone had potentially like whoever bought mad cats was potentially like fielding interest on social media for plastic instruments so like maybe that'll happen I think if you could I mean, just
1: connect your existing plastic instruments rather than having to buy
0: that that would be fucking great yeah. if i could dig out the the rock band guitar i've got upstairs and just play with that that'd be excellent i would love that yeah. but
1: i did, i did find can't. myself missing that but the funny thing that it did is it made me want to play those games again
0: yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I would be totally... Essentially what this is, is Guitar Hero Live, isn't it? Mm. Because, like, they've got cycling... It tracks, is Guitar tracks. Alive. do you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> and you can, you can buy all of this stuff. Like, if you really want to spend, like, going back to the talk about that card thing at the start, if you really want to spend, like, 15 quid or whatever it is for a weekend album, you can absolutely do that, but I probably wouldn't... No, because it, I mean. it rotates
1: anyway, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: And it seems to rotate on the daily. It mm. seems to be like Fortnite itself. It seems to be updated very quickly. I'm so happy. Think... I'm
1: happy with that. I haven't felt the need to purchase particular tracks because I'm not that invested in the mode to want to do that anyway.
0: I liked Guitar Hero Live. Yeah. I liked that. Like, hey, that there will be different you know, songs. I was and, like... thinking
1: after obviously playing that, I was thinking about Guitar Hero Live a bit, and what that offered was kind of fresh.
0: I think that was really. That cool. Was really I think that was a really cool. I, it's a, it. just a
1: shame that the popularity of those type of games was dwindling when that game came out. Because I think it's a great. I think
0: they should have given idea. it some more time. Hmm. I th- I think they should have like. I think they thought like right, well we've we've sold a lot of plastic instruments, we've let it die down a little bit, and now we'll just quickly do it again. Because I mean, like that came out on the Wii U, PS4, uh, Xbox um, series.
1: I've got the X. Wii U guitars under the bed.
0: I've. I've got the Wii U version of it because yeah. I bought it for like a fiver or something like that, right. and then I played a lot of it, and I really enjoyed it
1: yeah i I, I want to pull that out actually and give it a, give it a go again yeah
0: i I think the interesting thing about this fortnite thing, and if they were to say, "Hey, actually, back was compatible with all previous guitars, that would be dope a then you'd have a much easier time selling the seventeen thousand guitars you have, mm. but b it would allow older people who have nostalgia and are like, oh, actually, maybe I've still got that guitar in my garage, and they would bring them into Fortnite, and I think it would expose a younger generation who didn't have the ability to play Guitar Hero, because, let's be honest, like, there are gamers playing Fortnite who were small children when that came out, and perhaps mm. saw the instruments, but didn't potentially I, engage mm, with them.
1: Epic seems to be making a very contrary decision to offer more than just Fortnite, don't they? Like To turn Fortnite into where you can play Every type of game through Fort. I wouldn't be surprised if one day there's a one-on-one fighting game um, within within Fortnite, or or probably I think it's more likely to do do a Smash Brothers type um, brawler as opposed to one-on-one. I think that would fit in the Fortnite universe pretty well.
0: Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, like um, yeah, you just run around. Instead of item drops, it's weapons. I I think
1: is this to give offer something to everyone, isn't it? Within the Fortnite ecosystem, you know, if you don't like shooting stuff, you can do, say, LEGO Fortnite and do something a lot more passive and, you know, uh, and that type of game.
0: I mean, I think that's their long goal, right? Like, this is what they've talked about with the quote-unquote metaverse, and I think it is... An interesting thing, isn't it? I think, like it is. again, like PS Fortnite, then becomes like the the hub for this other thing. And yes, Battle Royale is a thing, but like you've had loads of people making games on there for a while, and mm. I've engaged with some of those. My issue is, and always will be, until they kind of figure it out. And to be fair, they, they seem to resolve some of that in the Lego stuff. I don't think they necessarily. Hit it with the racing game, even though they clearly tightened the controls somewhat. I think like the way vehicles work in that game and the physics of how they work. I think it's perfectly fine that
1: game. It just lacks personality and variation. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah, but that's the thing. Without that stuff, without it, like because it's obviously it needs to lean into the aesthetics of Fortnite and everything else. Mm. If it was really tight, if it played as well as a as a Mario Kart. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that know. that I mean, would like have like been
1: thi- huge. I think if you could see the characters in the vehicles, for example, yeah. but I, that's not the direction they went in. That's that's fine. But I think that would give it it's a lot more personality.
0: But again, like that would be like an over-the-shoulder versus like top-down, uh, not top-down. You know what I mean? Like the the that perspective of like being away from the car, which is how you control vehicles in Fortnite, isn't it? Like ah, yeah. Again, ah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's because it's relying on how the engine works and how that is there. And the logic of Fortnite that people's
1: heads... Well, sometimes people's heads poke out the top of cars, depending on how big the model is. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's also just like, I think the gun mechanics are great, the movement is excellent, and then everything else either then requires you to completely rebuild the gun the game and like build an engine, build a game on top of Fortnite in the same way that the Lego experience and the uh the harmonics game yeah. do. Where the Fortnite bit, the Fortnite bit in the harmonics experience, at least, like kind of the, I would prefer I didn't have to run around in a 3D space and like go to a person and go right now I want to play bass. Oh, oh well, versus... yeah, how
1: you get into that? There's yeah. a hub, yeah. It it could be more streamlined that.
0: I think I don't think you need the fortnite bit there, I think you just need a menu, but then, like... Cause it's you set your character, for- yeah that's yeah, fine. like just do that, just like pretty much just let me go into it the same way mm. I would go into um you know a a zero a zero build match or a or one of these big event things, just let me do that, just let me select all this stuff, load out, maybe then, like put me in an additional menu when you get inside the game where I pick my guitars or I do whatever I want to do yeah. But then just, just minimise the friction with how I get into playing that I game. I like
1: doing the taunts, like in the gaps in the songs. You can do the yeah. Fortnite taunts. And you can see yeah. your funny characters. Yeah, I've Cell or Freezer. I got them recently. Seeing them dance yeah. in the breaks of the songs is quite funny.
0: I need to buy the battle pass. I need to get Snake. I don't think he's out yet, right? I don't no, I, last time I played
1: it, Snake wasn't available. I haven't got the battle pass this time,
0: but... I'm I'm literally just going to buy it to get Solid Snake. Yeah. I'm just going to do. I'm gonna. I haven't played much this season, despite these new games. I dipped a little my toe in, but again, the good thing I had is so going on with Christmas within the yeah, ecosystem.
1: Got... You can play the different modes and still gain XP.
0: Yes, you can. That was that was nice. I, yeah. Obviously, I played a lot of the, the like a Fortnite, and then I I played like I said, I played a bit of the Rocket Racing. Is that what it was called? Rocket
1: Racing. Yeah, that's right. Rocket League
0: um, and Rocket Racing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um and I again like I was just trying to see like okay, is this is this what I want it, I was hoping my my little hope and I don't even know why I did it to myself. I don't know why I let myself think I was like rocket racing and looking at like the speed and stuff in the trailer I was like Oh, is it gonna be like white uh, boats?
1: or F zero.
0: Can I have wipeout in Fortnite? No, I don't, I don't care about FC Rock. Oh. None of that silly Captain Falcon. Thank you. I want. I want. You want. My, wa-
1: you want the cool graphic design. Uh,
0: I want my yeah. beautiful graphic design. Oh god, I missed out on that limited edition um, book that Pixel Map Publishing is putting out. They're doing. Um, they're doing an art of wipeout book, wow. um, and so I missed the limited Would edition. Would you
1: say wipeout three was the pinnacle of the design aesthetic? Because when I think about the cover of Wipeout Three and 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 probably in-game graphics as well, that that had the more sort of simple graphical I just, direction.
0: I love everything the designers Republic did for those games. Yeah. I think it is very it's very much of that time. But I think like the aesthetics, the color choices... choice—it's very important, isn't it, isn't it? Did um, I think it? I think it permeated through pop culture in a way yeah. that's kind of. Weird, because I don't like. I don't know. I know a lot of people that played Wipeout because it was kind of the pinnacle racing game of that early PS2 lifespan. I would say that wasn't like.
1: Oh, Crouch the, the PS2 Wipeout. Fusion.
0: No, no, the first Wipeout. The first Wipeout. I remember being massive with everyone. Yeah, but I knew that, you go back and play so Wipeout One, out. though. It's not. Oh no, I know it's rough, but I mean like. But um, the other the ones. Of,
1: yeah, yeah, the the ones that came after.
0: The, but the thing is, Wipe Wipeout One came out alongside. Uh, like Ridge Racer, which is mm. not, I would argue, a great experience on the PS One, mm. and like so I, I know a lot of people, are, I know a 1. lot of people got Wipeout because it was bundled with their console, and I, that is how I, I got it through my cousin because he got it and he didn't really like it, and so mm. I got his copy of Wipeout. Um, he is also the person that was just like, oh actually, I much prefer Zero Divide, so that's why I like Zero Divide because I played a lot of that. But it wasn't until 2097 where I was like, oh, actually, this game is dope. And I honestly, like, somewhere in the back of my brain, I think that is the thing that was like, oh, this is, I like all of the pretty things in this look really cool. And then perhaps that's subconsciously why I wanted to be a graphic designer. Yeah.
1: I I think, yeah, it, it was quite unique, I think, at the time. Um You've got me thinking about Ridge Racer Type 4 now. <laughs> Cause also, that's been
0: also a beautiful game. Type,
1: yes, it is. It's a game that also has wonderful aesthetics. So it's menus, everything. I played it again because it's one of my favourite racing games of all time. And there is something about an atmosphere that's created within the aesthetics that, and the music that makes that game something I want to return to. Not only the amazing gameplay, but the whole feel of playing it. And playing it with them yeah. um, sorry, I'm getting on a PS One. So I'm playing with those analog sticks, the way the car reacts to the sticks in Ridge Racer Type Four on the PS One just feels right, and it, oh yeah. But yeah, Wipeout's great, Ridge Racer Type Four great, um, yeah.
0: There, there's just a, there's just an aesthetic sensibility to both of those games that I really like, and I mean, yeah. it's why, not the, they're not Ridge- the only
1: examples. But they're the ones doing the racing no, genre. The,
0: they are the ones within the racing genre, but also the ones of that era that I think really leaned into, like, graphic design and, like, swish, like, sharp execution. And obviously they do it in two different ways. Like, oh, God, you've got me talking about graphic design on a video game podcast. Ridge Ridge Racer leans into, like, very, like, clean, straightforward, like, very almost like luxury car brand, mm. like, hey, we're just gonna very be yellow. Beautiful, flat colour, very yellow, very <laughs> like speedy. <laughs> very like very heavy, like bold typography usage. That's really cool. And I think the the stuff from Design Republic, obviously with Wipeout, is beautifully originative. But it also kind of leans into some stuff that I would see on posters at the time. For like rave and like underground culture and mm. stuff, and really bringing that to be the forefront of how they do this game, and then obviously having a soundtrack that amplifies that with like Apex Twin and Prodigy and all this kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. I think is really yeah. fucking neat. Even though that isn't my cup of tea in terms of like musical genre, I still really appreciate because it, mm. it feels it feels part of a bigger whole when you play that game. Yeah, like you listen to those, you listen to that music, you see the visuals and everything else. All, it fits so perfectly into itself. Yes, it, it, it does.
1: It. it does very much so.
0: Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about this. More than this Extreme G,
1: although I do games. like Extreme G.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> no, it, it Extreme... doesn't, they
1: don't compare. but
0: uh... No, but like, there's a lot of games that tried to riff yeah, off that's right. of that, yeah. right? Like, there's Extreme G. There, what's the one with the girl with the purple hair on the cover on, like, a Mortal? I think
1: they've liked Extreme G. XG3, X- it's Extreme G3, yeah.
0: Is it XG3 yeah. that I'm thinking of?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was everywhere at the time. That was an early... Was it early PS2? I mean it was on PS2 it's and really GameCube. Um, I, don't, I don't think it was on Xbox, that one.
0: Uh, I think the C- uh, no. they rebranded it slightly
1: is- for a sequel.
0: What I can see here is PS2 GameCube. Um Yeah. That's an iconic yeah, cover yeah. though, isn't
1: it? Extreme G three. It is.
0: Yeah. I remember seeing it everywhere at the time. I remember it yeah. seeing it in so many game shops. Yeah, Purple right, haired girls um, were in PS2, yeah. um Watson. Oni. Uh, Oni. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. So they did do a re release of it, and weirdly no, that one did come out on all, all yeah. three consoles as well. Including called, x-, x Uh XGRA Extreme G Racing Association. Yes,
1: yes, I recall now, yeah.
0: Uh, the fourth and final instalment of the Extreme G series. Yeah, it's a game I haven't. That, that's no the one,
1: game I that I first played on the N64, and uh, I remember very fondly the um, the narrator, the narration when you got um, a weapon, multiple missile. Yeah. 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 Anyway, have <laughs> we exhausted? We,
0: yeah, I, I think we have. Like, we're I'm nattering about. To about... Three, I'm about to bring up Street Fighter Alpha Three, and I don't want to. Oh, go, Alpha three, great. Yes. Alpha um, Three,
1: that's a nice one. Yeah. Nice so aesthetic
0: on goodness, that game. Think, on, the, on
1: the PS2 into that era. Oh, oh gosh, yes. I want to go back now and uh, revisit yeah, good thing you, Good
0: time. thing you can dig through all those boxes this afternoon when you find all of these games I you can. I can do that. and then never play them.
1: I, mean, I will play them. The thing is, I do play. I mean, as I say, I was playing Red Racer Type 4 the other day. It is in my top 10 games of all time. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward now to having stuff available and being able to revisit these games. And, yeah, it's true that I like the more arcade-style things, and I'm probably not going to sit down for hours on end and play an RPG or a long adventure game, but I'm certainly going to be dipping back into those more arcade experiences and enjoying my library now I'll have it all accessible to me. And maybe also then realising perhaps I don't need this, and I don't need that, but I definitely need this. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm just I'm eyeing up copies of Ridge Racer the American box of Ridge Racer type 4 and going hmm maybe I should get Oh the American Japanese
1: but is different is that more graphic than the, uh...
0: the 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 Japanese well the to be fair the American one's not that good I looked at I thought it was the American one but it's actually the Japanese one the, Japanese. the American one Yeah the American one's kind of like a half step it's just got two cars um on a Oh it has I know it's I know clean. the one yeah.
1: it's not got the 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 girl on it has it
0: no, it's not got the girl on it, but it's not got the cars like coming in like the 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 tire marks on the road yeah. that the Japanese one has and like, Oh, that's Did nice you know the, the, that the
1: the, the soundtrack's being re-released?
0: Uh, yes, I had heard this somewhere. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm on that cuz that soundtrack is one of the greatest video game soundtracks of all time. I it? mean,
0: if the vinyl has this aesthetic on the cover, maybe I'll just buy that instead of the thing. There's a special
1: edition I think of r- type four in Japan that's quite nice looking, I think. Could be mistaken.
0: There, there is also a version of the soundtrack from uh, Japan mm. that is beautiful. It's the R spelled yeah. out almost in like a bitmap font. But yes, it's cars. Yes, I know. It's I, super know. Cool. I
1: know.
0: <laughs> oh, I love the aesthetics of these games, man. Oh. I think I think Anyways. maybe we
1: should uh, make that a topic for a future episode. Uh, get video games with amazing visual aesthetic. You know, and we're talking about also the presentation, the menus, and the music, and yeah.
0: Do you do I really want to give you a platform to talk about Vib Ribbon? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yes.
1: God, how did we talk about this and not mention Vib Ribbon? Um
0: oh, because because I knew we would be here for an hour if I brought up Vib Ribbon to you. Anyways, let's do that. Let's do that next episode. I'm really then. excited
1: about chatting about that side of video games.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not something we do a lot. And, you know, mm. as professional graphic designers mm. I'd argue we're probably, you know, we're probably allowed to talk about that yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Anyways. If you've enjoyed us rambling about this, um, apologies again that is it is somewhat on gaming content. You know what, I I th- th- I actually, actually it, in
1: hindsight, I? though, that was pretty well, interesting, pretty different.
0: I, I think so, and I mean the fact that it's sandwiched with one where that. we talk about games because of my lazy ass and not having time to edit it. Um, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed. Um, if you did, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Attack. We're on X i've given up calling it twitter now it's dead to me um a team I cast um a game Boyle for me at uh, tom parry 11 for him and then you can listen to us in all of the places you will listen to podcasts such as on tom forward slash podcast we're on blast processing we are on stitcher itunes and spotify cheeky rates, subscribe etc cetera, etc cetera. tom always a pleasure mate um, absolutely it you. Pleasure so to see this again after a while <laughs> Exactly. It's 2024. Yeah. We're here. Happy New Year, listeners, as I said to Tom, because it's the first time we've spoken since the New Year. I think I'm still on the in the grey area, if I'm legally allowed to say that. The, the calendar police might come for me. But Happy New Year to you all. I hope you've had a wonderful holiday. I think it's um, fine yeah,
1: if it's January. Yeah. Sorry to be <laughs> If it's January, it's um,
0: fine. I, I'm not going to get into it. My my firm belief is like on the cut-off point of the second week, and I think we're already into the third, but it's fine. Anyway... My my semantics of when you can say Happy New Year aside, I uh, hope you had a good one, and uh, we will speak to you. And I'm sure what will be an eventful year for video games and probably the world at large. Till next week, everybody. Be sure, as always, to game on.
1: Game on.